Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today we have the lovely Hayley Irwin. Now, I need to kind of put a bit of disclaimer here. I massively cocked up. Um, we did this last year, but someone, i.e. me, lost our interview. So I'm so, so happy that Hayley has come back and given us another hour of her lovely time. She is a UK BFF bikini competitor, and we're going to be talking not just about her journey, but about eating disorders, kind of a very like broad term. This is something that I haven't really touched on a lot on the podcast still. It's something that I want to, but I'm just going to put this out there. I try, I've been saying this to Hayley before we started recording. I want to make sure that I'm asking the right questions and I'm phrasing them in the right way. So if I do say anything, the intentions are there, girls. I do apologise if anything is a little bit misconstrued on my side um but yeah hopefully this is going to open up some some discussion maybe open up a little bit of debate if you guys want more episodes on this then let me know but let's just go straight into this episode and welcome Hayley to the podcast thank you so much for putting up with me and coming back on again thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed it last time so let's hope we dropped the same sort of knowledge bombs as we did last time. What's the thing? Like last time was just the trial one. That's what I'm going to say. It was just like... Exactly. It can only get better. So how has everything been since we last spoke? So last time we both spoke, we were both sitting in our dressing gowns, kind of very close to the end of our preps. Mm-hmm. Um, like talk to me how things have been since then on to now. And then we'll kind of go back into your journey. And then we'll flip back into the other discussions that we had as well. So things have been good since then. So when we spoke last, I think I was just about to compete at the British finals. Um, So I won my qualifier and then I competed at British finals and I didn't place how I wanted to place. Um, So I came eighth um, and I think there were 14 or 15 girls. So I held my own, but I wanted top five. I said that from the get go. And yeah. Um, And then I competed after that at the Sugar Classic which was four or five weeks later, and I placed third, so I got my invitation to the uh, UK BFF British Finals this year, so 2019, and also the Arnold's Barcelona and South Africa. Um, I'm doing Barcelona in September, and also um, the British Finals, which will be sort of three or four weeks later, so end of October. And things have been good. I've worked with a new coach, um, and so training has been a little bit different. And I've just been working my blooming peach off, or should I say on, um, <laughs> um, to grow as much muscle as possible. It's my final year as a junior, so I really want to smash it. Um, so yeah, I've just been working really hard on that and growing my business alongside it. Um, and yeah, I've, I've dropped down from my hours on the gym floor to focus more on online coaching. Um, and I've got a couple of girls competing this year, which will be amazing. Yeah, they, which they were lifestyle clients and they sort of become competitor clients. And yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm just really excited for this, what this year has to offer. I honestly don't know how, like any prep for any person, regardless of what your lifestyle job, whatever is, is hard. But I'm not trying to put like PTs on a pedestal, but F me, like the hours that you guys have to do is insane and they do say with prep you've got to you know basically not do hardly anything apart from eat sleep and train and cardio but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how what difference you make when you kind of do it basically i guess like a slightly different sort of setup so for example for me 
I noticed a big difference when I changed for this year when I had slightly less things on. Um, I don't know, in terms of like the stress management, all that sort of thing, like it does pay when you're trying to push yourself in the gym during prep and then with like your work as well. It can it can get quite a lot, I do find. Well, that massively happened. And at the end of my um, prep last year, my body was just like, nope. Um, because obviously I was working two gyms. I was always up early and always out late because I was early at one gym, late at another, and then vice versa. So I didn't have any time off. And one night I woke up and I put on, well, one morning I woke up and I put on 4kg of water. My ankles were so swollen and bruised. I texted my coach. I was like, I feel like a marshmallow. And I was trying to do the leg curl, but my ankles were so swollen from stress that I just couldn't even put pressure on them. And he was like, literally, go home, put your feet up. You need two full days of rest, no cardio, and nothing. Luckily, it all came down, but I can tell you, yeah, stress management is not nice. So I'm looking forward to having a little bit more downtime because... If you're starting at six and you've got to do faster cardio or something, then you're going to have to get up at like four or five in the morning. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, it's not going to be easier, but it might, I think it was only got to be a little bit easier. Well, yeah. Like I think people kind of feel bad when they say, oh, it's a little bit easier because I've done X. Like sometimes you want to make it a little bit easier and sometimes it's okay. It's okay to want to, I don't know like what if you had to if you can get to the same place yeah and do something a small little change that's going to make a massive difference and it's slightly easier are you going to take it yes if it's the little thing is sleep changing your job I did that massive massive difference I did little changes last year so my first year I did like I think it was a 14 week prep last year I think I probably ended up doing like a 20 we got the same result it meant it was easier, but it still is hard, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly the same with competitors as well. Um, and it was slightly different, but when they talk about how much cardio they're on or how many calories they're on, if someone's on less cardio and higher calories, everyone's like, oh my God, it's so much easier for you. But you've got to remember, actually, it might not be because if your body is getting to stage condition, it's got to be uncomfortable. And everyone's, so you're going to be feeling more or less the same, probably because your body's getting to that same level of leanness mm. you can't say oh someone's only on a half an hour of cardio a day they've had it easy they must feel really great just because you're in an hour but actually if you're both getting that same result your body is going to be feeling exactly the same yeah 100 percent. and someone's half an hour might be like for example i i do a lot of office work but i sit at a desk quite a lot doing podcasts and all that sort of thing so mm-hmm. i naturally don't do a lot of steps i don't do a lot of activity so i have to do more cardio to compensate that does it mean that i've got a harder prep no it just means that i've had to change my cardio and change certain things because of the lifestyle that i have whereas a pd you probably don't need to do as many like as much cardio you might do but just as as like as an example some pts might not have to do as many much cardio because how many steps they do and that compensates it but they will say to someone oh i don't do any cardio they're like oh it must be super easy yeah but across my whole day i do like twenty thousand steps whereas you do about five which is me i'm the girl that literally struggles to get 10 i have to make a conscious effort to get 10 in a day so yeah i think that is one thing also that a lot of 
Um, see, sometimes if you're on shift as a PT, you do so many steps, you're walking around the gym floor, da, 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 da. but if you think like the type of client that I train already trains, I'm not, I don't tend to train people for like fat loss and circuit training and stuff like that. So actually I don't do that many steps because I'm standing next to a barbell or a squat rack or a deadlift platform, do you know, for most of it. So people think that I'm going to be really active, but actually, you know, I'm not lifting the weights for them. I'm just standing there shouting reps. <laughs> So a bit, actually, it's quite hard to get your steps in sometimes if you've just got a full day of PT yeah. because, you know, you're walking from the squat rack to the bench and back. Like, it's not actually as active as people think, no. but you are on your feet the whole time in front of people talking to people, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. You just can never... That's the... You never... I always try to say this to people. When you ask someone how much food they're on, when you ask someone how much cardio they're on, they're going to give you a blanket statement, but they might not say yes but i have x refeeds or oh i do this amount of steps naturally anyway so mm. i always think that with like social media when you look at people's check-ins you kind of need to take whatever they're saying as like the surface but there might be something behind that which is exactly. not that it's not been taken into account of but yeah it's not when a gen pop client comes up to you and says i'm not losing weight on 1200 calories a day and it's like are you actually eating that or actually at the weekends, you're having the weekend off, you're eating 3,000 calories a day. So actually your weekly average is so much higher than that. Yeah. And that sort of stuff. It, it does take a lot to actually work out what someone is doing on a, if you look at it on a daily intake. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. Let's go yeah. over here. Anyway. <laughs> but that was a very good point though. I do like that. I do like that. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've spoke about how you've been um what we're we going to talk about next so a little bit of a background of like who you are so you've been competing for how many years now two two years and then before that how was it a kind of i want to compete i'm going to go straight into this was it i've i've been thinking about competing for four years but i've taken two years to kind of make a decision like how was the process for you obviously you've got those two years competing but let's talk slightly behind like before that like what happened before that? So um, when I, so I wasn't into the gym until I was about 19. So about four years ago. So it was after my first year of uni. I'd lived my first year of uni, living La Vida Loca, smoking like a chimney, drinking like a fish, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, and my boyfriend at the time cheated on me. And I will fully admit, I, I was like, right, revenge board. I'm going to go home over summer. I'm going to come back in September. I'm going to have a banging board. He's going to rue the day that he you know, put a foot wrong, all this sort of stuff. So I got into the gym by down, or buying the London Muscle Bikini Guide, which is just like a training program. Tells you what macros to be on, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so from the get-go, to be fair, I'd, I went pretty hard. Like... I went from nothing to tracking macros, gymming, cardioing, all of that sort of stuff. Um, previously, the, as far as I got in the gym was 20 minutes on the cross trainer for two weeks while I realized it was boring as shit and then been like, right, I'm off now. See you later for another couple of months. Um, but basically just fell in love with lifting um, and did it recreationally while I was at uni. Did it for a year. So I got to the end of my second year of uni. Um, and I loved that year because they, uni sort of started up this um, mass, which you yeah. might have heard of. Yeah. yeah, so across all unis, they even have competitions now. 
Um, but when I first did it, they didn't have competitions. Um, but Mass Society, so once a week we'd meet and lift together. And that's where I met Lucy from Games for Girls, um, M. Louise Fitness, um, um, L.Y. Fitness, or Lucy Yates, I don't know if you know her. Um, and yeah, we, like, but we would meet sort of like once a week or every, you know, some people would meet more times than others, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was really good. Um, and we first spoke about competing then because Abby, Carpenter, who is obviously the other half of Games for Girls, wasn't at uni anymore, but she was just competing. And we were all like, oh my God, imagine if we did that one day, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I went into third year. By this point, I wanted to be a personal trainer, but I didn't want to be that person who'd been uh, in the gym for a year, like, right, I'm going to be a personal trainer, by my guy. So I said to my parents, oh, I really want to do this. And they're like, right, finish your degree, because I was doing English literature, and but see like, how you do I was going to say, you completely switched because you wanted to be a teacher, didn't you? And then you... 100%, yeah. So um, in my third year of uni, the girls have left, like the older girls um, from Mass, like Lucy and everyone, um, have graduated uni. And I was still going to the gym, still loving it. Um, and I had the most stressful semester of my life, the second half of third year. My uni course had messed up. So basically I had to do an extra module, which was an extra 40 hours a week. Right. yeah that I should have done beforehand and I didn't and I was so stressed so overwhelmed so out of control and I realized basically the only thing I could control was my food and my exercise and so I just went to town with that and it just went from zero to 100 real quick I was in January I would I would say I was fine in like in hindsight I was probably getting a little bit small but then by the May I dropped like two stone and there was nothing of me. I didn't have much muscle mass. I hadn't been training long. Like, so I did just look tiny. Um, and so I was like, right, I need to sort myself out basically. Um, and at that point I used my motivation to compete that I wanted to compete to get me better. Cause I was like, there is no way I could compete looking like this. I'd always done dancing growing up, so I'd always loved that performance aspect. But I was like, I, I, if I'm gonna put on weight, if I'm gonna compete, sorry, I need to put on weight, I need to get better. Yeah. And I did, and I put on weight, and I worked with a coach. So I, I hired Abby Carpenter as my coach, um, and she was an angel, and we got me better. We reverse dieted me, and then went through a bulking cycle. Um, I then left Abby, did it on my own, because I was like, right, I need to know that my head is okay enough to do it on my own and not just be able to increase my calories and eat out because someone's telling me to. I want to be able to prove to that I can do that myself. Yeah. So I did that for myself for six months, kept increasing my calories, kept growing, you know, cutting down on cardio, all of that sort of stuff, and then went to compete again. Well, not compete again, compete for the first time. So dieted down again with the help of Abby. Um, yeah, so she was my coach for my first season. Um, and then did my second season with her as well. So again, reverse dieted and then cut down. And then after finals, I changed my coach. So I'm now with Josh McHale. So he took me through my last show and then I'm with him now and he'll take me through my next season. Let's go back to that place. That was the difficult part. So that was between January and May, I think you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, was you... Did you go to the doctors and did they kind of say, yes, you have got an eating disorder? Was it something that you kind of knew yourself? Like, how did that kind of, like, you must have reached out in some capacity. Like, what happened during those sort of stages? 
So this whole time I was at uni and get losing weight and getting to the gym, my friends didn't mention the fact that I lost weight once. Now I'm not saying that they should have, but therefore I think, you know, you're your own worst critic, aren't you? It's so hard to see your progress. At this point, I wasn't taking progress pictures. I wasn't doing measurements. I would jump on the scale, but I wasn't. So I, I just sort of didn't really see a difference. No one had mentioned it to me. So I was like, mm, okay. And then I went home in March and it was my birthday. And my parents were like, whoa, you're small. And I was like, yeah. Um, and that was when I first was like, okay, maybe there's a bit of an issue going on here. But I was so used to denying it and telling everyone I was okay, because I, you know, have my bowl of oats post-workout, I'd be like, look, I'm eating carbs, everyone. I'm just timing it around my workout. You don't see me eat carbs because I, I eat carbs pre and post-workout, which I did, mm. granted not a lot, but I did eat them pre and post-workout. And so in convincing everyone else that I was okay, I managed to convince myself that I was okay. Mm. Um, I then went out, when I came back from uni, I realized that there was an issue because it got to the point where I didn't want to leave my room so like we were doing loads of exam celebrations and all of that sort of stuff and I was like I don't want to I don't want to leave I don't want to go any in anywhere that's going to mean that I'm going to eat or be out of my comfort zone for too long or mean that I can't go to the gym so I started lying to my friends and being like oh I can't do this because I've got this going on or oh I'm doing this and da 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 when actually I was just going to a spoon glass or just sitting in my room crying and being a mess um, so in my head, I knew that there was an issue, but I wasn't ready to address that issue. And then when I went home after uni, my mum said to me, right, we need to go to the doctors. This isn't right. And so she took me kicking and screaming, like literally kicking and screaming to the doctors. Um, and he said, you know, asked me a load of questions and was like, do you use my fitness pal? And I was like, yeah, I do. He was like, great app that, isn't it? I lost loads of weight using that. And I was sitting there like, is this what we should be talking about? But okay, you re-download that, hun. You have fun with that. <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, you've got, you've got an issue. Um, let's get you in to see a nutritionist. And I was like, brilliant. Um, and then he was like, right, our next appointment is in October. Bearing in mind, this is June. And I was like, wow. if I carry on at this rate, there's not going to be anything of me by October. Like, this isn't right. Um, so that weekend, I was actually going out to Seville to see my best friend who was on a gap year so I hadn't seen her for a year and um, she was out there and again I kind of first hit me because the thought of eating out I was like reduced to tears I was like oh my god I'm not gonna be able to work out I'm not gonna be able to do this 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 mm. and she said to me what's going on like this is not you bearing in mind she hadn't seen me since I've been that uni girl drinking and smoking and mm. being a life of self party out till 5am and then I've literally gone from that to this mm. um and then I was sort of like, okay, right, yeah, I can't enjoy my life without tracking everything I'm eating. Um, this is an issue. And I came back and I said to mum, right, mum, I've spoken to Megan, who was my best friend. I was like, I now know that I need to have a day off where I don't do this and I'm just going to enjoy myself and I'm going to, you know, have this day. And then that day just became a day where I didn't eat until whatever we were doing in the evenings. So if we were going out for dinner, I just wouldn't eat. And I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not hungry, so let's just have a salad and a bacon rash or like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it was so counterproductive. And after so that time in Seville, I then lost another stone, having realized there was an issue, but just not being ready to address it. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show that that, you know, old cliche saying of you can 
drag a horse to water, but you can't make a drink is so true because I so knew that there was an issue and I'd spoken and admitted it, but yet I still couldn't do it. And then that's when I reached out to a coach because I was like, look, I can't do this to myself anymore. I, you know, my uncle had said to my Nana, like, I just want my age back because I was just sitting up in my head. I was sitting at these family occasions, but I have, you have so low energy that really I wasn't even responding. So I think I'd laugh in my head and stuff. So in my head, I'm like, oh, look, I'm responding. But actually I wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, we'd have a buffet and I'd see potatoes and I'd see this and I'd see that. And I think I was com- like with the conversation, but all in my head, I'm going, right, what's the macros of this, this and this? So if I have that, 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 this is what's gonna, how it's going to fit into my day. And my head is running a million miles an hour. And I'm going, okay, well, that's got fat because that's been cooked in oil and that's got butter. And oh, so there's no wonder I can even converse with someone because I'm having this internal conversation, which is just so consuming mm. that I just could not function as a person. <laughs> and then like, that's when, like I said, when I was like, I am, um, I can't do this anymore. I really can't. Um, so yeah, like I said, that's when I reached out to my coach and that's when I've never looked back. I've never made an excuse not to hit my macros on a reverse diet or anything like that. Um, Sorry, did you end up going to the doctors in October? No. So I started with my coach in July um, and then just stayed with her and didn't go back to the doctors at all and they didn't follow up. It's such a massive thing, especially, sorry, if if people are not in the UK, NHS is basically our healthcare system. but it's so frustrating. Like, I feel like, I don't know if you listened, but like I had some, I was really struggling in December, December. And I got in quickly, but then it's like that middle ground of like, I literally just said to them, I just want someone to talk to because I'm literally stressed out as fuck. Like that was literally it. And then you just kind of left. And then the referrals like, six ridiculous months or three months. And then you're just, you know, my referral got lost and it's, it's, I hear it so many times where they get you in fast. They say, yeah, yeah, we think you might need some help, but they just leave you like lingering and you understand that they've got constraints. But then exactly as you said, if you, if you would have left it any longer, like how much, what would have been the consequences of that? But it's productive anyway. I went ahead. Like I had, I just went productive myself, but it's, it's so frustrating when sometimes going to the doctors is quite a hard thing. You don't, you know, you're trying to fit into your schedule and all that sort of stuff. And then you, once you're there, you think, oh, I'm going to actually, you know, this is going to get better. Then you're left in this like no man's land as you were. But it, it, it's very, very frustrating. I hear it from so many other girls as well, whether they reach out to the doctors for, you know, mental health or eating disorder and they just get left in the lurch and they just get progressively worse for that time that they're waiting. So that is such a blessing that I was able to hire a coach. You know, coaches aren't cheap. Mm. They So if you can't hire that, then what, what do they expect you to do? And like I said, I understand that they've got millions of people to look after, but, you know, they didn't follow it up at all. So, you know, the fact that they, you know, they didn't actually end up giving me the appointment and all, all of that sort of stuff. They said, you know, I'll come back and I didn't come back and they didn't follow it up and to this day haven't. And yeah. it's just sort of, you it's so clear where the issues are in terms of, you know, people aren't just numbers. Mm -hmm. It it really annoys me actually that, you know, society as a whole puts this whole 
pressure on the fact that we're not just numbers, you know, in terms of scale weight, in terms of anything. And we talk about rehumanizing so many situations by giving people an identity and all of that sort of stuff. And yet at the crux of our system, the NHS, we are just a number. Yeah. And it's, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be anywhere in which that's going to improve. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you something. So I went to get some blood done today. I I'd never really looked at my blood test ever. And it said like clinical data. And I was like, what the hell does this mean? It said tiredness. I was like, what? I was like, I said, I would, and I literally looked, I questioned the reception. I was like, why does it say tiredness on my street? They're like, oh, you must have said it at some point. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. And, and I looked, it was like five years ago, I went in saying I was tired. I mentioned that I was tired and now they've put tiredness. They've labeled me as tiredness from clinical data. I just thought, yeah. mental it's it's so annoying it's so annoying but i think if anyone's in that similar situation they're listening you know it does depend i think on location um i know some girls in london that they get seen quickly boom 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 um but i think still try and get in you know do speak to your gp because you never know you might be in a lucky location an area where you know you can get seen quite quickly and you won't have the experiences that me and Haley had but at the same time, be prepared that that might, you might not get the result. That sounds like, I'm, it sounds horrible for me to even say this, but you might not actually get the support you need, but hats off to you for going, acknowledging there's a problem and just have some sort of, I guess, strategy or plan being like, okay, there might be a chance that I might get lost in this system. What, what's, what's out there for me? Because there are some free resources that you can do and what can I do instead? So, you know, you went to go see a coach, all those sort of things. I think it's making people aware that, I don't know, it's hard for me to say this, the GP isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to give you that, the support you need, unfortunately. Exactly. And I think that's the thing to remember is don't be disheartened if you don't get what you need the first time you go. I mean, my best friend Jess um, also had an eating disorder, um, but she was very big before she started so she dropped a silly amount of weight very quickly, but it made her like a size 10 or something. So the doctor said to her, oh, essentially, you're not small enough to be classed as an eating disorder mm-hmm. and hadn't, you know, appreciated that she'd lost like four stone in like four months or whatever. Um, I can't remember the exact figures off the top of my head, but it, it was a lot and it was drastic and it was quick. But because she wasn't a mini person, she wasn't sick enough. And I Even think that's... Crap. Even when I lose weight, I'm not like... I think I'm lucky if I get down to size eight because of how tall I am. So mm. it's like they put these limitations in place, but fuck me, that's a nightmare. Exactly. And, and what I what I say quite a lot to my clients and also I've been doing um, a talk in mental health at my old sixth form college um, actually last week. And I said, you need to remember that you can't judge someone's actions and determine whether they've got a disorder or a mental health issue based on what they do. Because everyone can do something, everyone could do exactly the same thing, and yet it, the mindset behind it is everything. Mm-hmm. So I have people, like people, so for example, my ex-boyfriend used to track his white monsters into my fitness power, which is what, like, I think it's like 10, 20 calories, something like that. Yeah, I don't even know how many calories, I never track so far, but... I no, neither do I, and I don't. And if I did, I knew it would come from a place of anxiety and oh my God. But for him, it was just something that he was having in his day and he was just putting it in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was nothing like a, oh my God, these are going to build up and these are going to make me fat, blah, 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 blah. So, but it was just a, oh, well, it's what I'm eating. It's what I've had today. It's just going in my fitness pal. So, you know, you, 
oh, can't say that someone's actions are disordered just because they do something mm-hmm. that you personally would find troubling or anxiety spoking or yeah so how do you we mentioned this question beforehand and if i say it wrong pull it up. <laughs> um, i'm just so conscious of it because you know i, I it's can't. a sensitive topic yeah. yeah um so i mentioned this to you before we started this uh, recording so you mentioned there about different actions all that sort of thing so prep i'm not saying prep is like anorexia however in terms of obviously losing let's just about losing weight yeah fat loss weight loss whatever the hell you want to call it you have to reduce calories and you have to usually increase your activity to some degree you have to be very regimented there's a lot of principles and areas in prep which technically could flip into the eating disorders department if you were to extract do, do you see what i mean like you've got certain elements that could potentially kind of merge into two considering the experiences and the you know, the background that you've got how do you know i don't know how the best way is to uh, what question i know what you so how do i essentially diet down without it being an eating disorder and coming from that mindset yeah, do you find it difficult with that mindset, like because of your past experiences? No, because I'm so far away from that person that I was mm-hmm. back then, but also my reasons for doing it are completely different. So when I had my eating disorder, my reasons for losing weight were I didn't feel good enough in who I was. I thought the reason my ex boyfriend cheated on me was because I was fat, mm-hmm. and therefore I was trying to make myself a better person by dieting down it came from a place of hatred of who i was so i didn't like i was so self-conscious when i was bigger that i wasn't a nice person i'd bitch about other people to put them down to make me feel better so i was just constantly doing it like i said out of a place of self-hatred and the reason that i was exercising was because I was scared that if I wasn't, I would be fat and I would go back to that person that I was. The reason I was restricting my food was because I felt so out of control of my life out of uni that the only reason that I was doing that was to prove to myself that I had, a, I had control over something. Whereas in prep, I'm doing it for a completely different reason. I don't start my prep because I hate myself or because I think I'm going to be any happier or any better yeah. as a smaller person. My goal is a temporary one. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not going to maintain stage condition forever. Whereas when you're dieting down in terms of an eating disorder, you have every intention of staying there and staying that small person. Mm -hmm. Whereas the mindset going into it is this is going to be temporary. It's not going to be something that's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't come from a place of self-hatred. I'm not doing it as a punishment. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I'm challenging myself, my determination, my willpower, all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not a negative headspace that is all consuming. Yeah. And I'm doing it, as I said, just for a temporary thing and as a showcase of what I've achieved mm-hmm. instead of it being to achieve something. Yeah. So you're not going to build muscle realistically unless you're assisted when you're in a dieting phase you're showcasing that 
hard work that's gone in beforehand in that off season, in that improvement season before you started competing. Mm-hmm. Whereas with an eating disorder, you're showcasing that pain that's in and that just keeps going and going and going and you're working towards that the whole time mm-hmm. and you're trying to numb something. I think the crossover happens when people use prep as an excuse and as a mask. I think that's how prep gets a bad name. Yeah. Because you're forced in prep, you have a laser tunnel vision. You know that. Like it is your be all and end all. And if you that messing up as such just isn't even an option. It's just that, that, that. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to mask your issues that you've had beforehand with that. Because if you're focused and focused, you don't have to think about what's going on in any other aspect of your life because you've got something that you're, you're, that you've got that purpose. You've got that drive the entire time to get you out of bed. Whereas if you're struggling beforehand and you haven't got a show and you're struggling to have that purpose in life, struggling to stick to a diet without having a, um, an end goal or whatever, Mm. that's when it can get bad when you use it to be productive yeah it is such a hard one because you i think prep really just show the responses are so varied competing it might be for you and it might not be for you and either way isn't like isn't good isn't bad it's just it's so it's so individualistic Mm. i think um one question i have got for you you just mentioned about you know prep 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 what the hell was that prep (laughs) you focused all that sort of thing have you ever obviously you do your preps have you ever messed up if you have messed up with it how big or small how do you mentally cope and deal with that and interpret that because I'll put my hands up there's a few times that I've literally misread something haven't had the food in um but I know some girls are like oh like I remember saying it to one girl she goes oh my god and I was like what like for me my mental state is I've eaten a couple more that day but I haven't met my steps it's okay I'm not gonna gain this crazy weight but I know that some people it depends the interpretation and I don't think it's a bad thing that some people are so have to be anal 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 whereas even when I'm in a prep I still don't track veg I still don't track um sauces all that sort of thing because that's just that's just me and I does that make sense um, yeah I think it's so person dependent and I don't think it's yeah I don't think my way is right or wrong for every single person um but yeah if you've ever had that situation in prep like how have you been able to is it a case that you just you know you crack on it doesn't it doesn't kind of phase you it doesn't bother you too much like how do you go about that if it has ever happened to you or whether one of your clients have had that happen to them yeah, so I personally haven't. I've never not met what I needed. Actually, it's a lie. Okay, so one time um, I didn't get my cardio in. And you didn't track your monster. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't track my monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, my dad was riding a bike ride for the British Heart Foundation and we were out in Eastbourne the entire time. Um, and I didn't get back until 10 p.m., so I, I missed out on my cardio and it was like right at the early stages of prep. It's the only time I've ever done it. The next day I just did double. Mm-hmm. Now that was feasible for me to do because I was only on 25 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So I got up in the morning, did 25 minutes of cardio, 
went about with the rest of my day, did my training, and then did my normal 25 minutes of cardio post-workout. Yeah, that's what I do. Tap it over. Yeah. So I did that once. Um, and yeah, as I said, that's the only time that I've ever quote-unquote messed up. Um, one of my clients, really recently actually, ate more. She said, I don't know why I've done this. I've just had an extra 30 grams of cereal and a spoonful of nut butter and something else. I don't know why I've done it. I'm really angry at myself. I'm not even that hungry. It's just happened. What do I do? I said, just draw a line under it. So yeah. if you start stressing about it, it's going to do a hell of a lot more harm than good to your body. It's going to be much easier for your body to cope if you just go, right, that was it. Draw a line under it and move on. Don't try and restrict what you're eating for the rest of the day. Don't try and, you know, do that sort of thing because you're just going to get into that binge restrict cycle. So just draw a line under it. You don't need to wait for the tomorrow's a new day. This is a new minute. Yeah. <laughs> and just start from there. Um, and I think that competitor or not competitor, that's the reason and that's the way to go about things more often than not. Yeah. Again, you can't say that it's not a blanket one fits all. For some people, they could therefore, you know, the next day cut out their however many calories they went over and it would not be an issue. But for the vast majority of people, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So I would always say just draw a line under it and move on because yeah. you're going to do a lot more harm if you're stressing about it and you're sitting there going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So if it's something like, you know, you missed 20 minutes of cardio, tag it on the next day. It's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. A lot of what I say to my clients, my lifestyle clients especially, is you don't need to work to a daily step count think about of it as a weekly one. So if you wanting to get 10,000 steps a day, right, let's aim for 70,000 a week. So if you get 5,000 one day and 15,000 the next, don't stress about getting that extra 5,000 to make up to 10. You've already done it. I think it's a lot healthier way than to think of it as an obsessive, I've got to get this, this, and this, and this every single day. In prep, granted, I would say hit your step count every day regardless. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, do your bloody cardio. because you can't be angry at the results that don't come from the work you didn't do. Yeah. I think it's when it comes to the point when if it's like one blip, cool. If it's like becoming a daily, not daily, like, no, oh, it could be a daily, it could be a weekly. Then I think you do have to kind of check yourself a little bit. Um, yeah. My client, I was just talking about who did um, go over, eat more than she was meant to on her prep diet. Um, then said to me like you know I'm having one of these days like I think it was like the next week like where I'm like I don't even know why I'm doing this and I said why are you doing this why are you doing this because if you don't if you can't stick to your diet yet and you're having these thoughts of actually I don't even want to do this and I don't want to be here then why are you and I think it's not a bad thing if you don't want to compete oh my god it's, no you're not, not the right time. time yeah like it's not people are so ashamed and so embarrassed to admit, I just, my head's not in it. I'm and do you know what? It's so funny because the amount of times that people do a post, like, I'm not doing the stage this year, or, you know, they pull out of a prep or something, and everyone comments going, you're so brave to say that, and you are. Yeah, you're so brave to say that, but why is that Why is that even a thing? Why should you have to be brave to say, no, I'm not going to stand on stage half naked and spark a bikini and a pair of heels? And you shouldn't have to justify it. I feel like you, I feel like... You have to, in this sport sometimes, there's this pressure that you have to justify every single thing you're doing. So I, I in the past, I would have justified, I don't track veg, I don't track sauces. I used to always justify it. And now I'm like, I don't fucking track veg. Yeah. I don't care now. As long as it's obviously potato, that's a car. Like, look, it's not a car, you know what I mean? Potatoes, I will track because that is more of a starchy car. Broccoli, I'm, like, that's just me personally, but I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I think 
the message I'm trying to say here is don't feel like you've got to justify every single single little thing you're doing on prep or if you don't want to do prep like you know what's best for you and, and I that decision yeah I say that to a lot of my lifestyle clients as well who are coming to me and they're saying oh I don't want to choose a salad when I'm going out because this person's going to say something I don't care you know, they let them talk. The only reason they're talking is because they're self-conscious of who they are and the decisions they're making and they're trying to bring you down to their level. If you own your decisions, prep or no prep, just do it and be confident in it. And, you know, if you want to have a meal off plan, have a meal off plan. Like, oh no, not in prep. But, you know, you don't have to justify everything you do as balance or oh, i'm having this glass of wine because balance or because i worked really hard today no enjoy a glass of wine because you want a glass of wine don't feel the need to justify it to someone else because the reason you're doing these things this lifestyle prep no prep competition no competition photo shoot no photo shoot is because you should be doing it for yourself yeah. and if you are really doing it for yourself then why the hell does it matter what anyone else says or yeah. thinks as long as you're making yourself happy and the people that are around you you know, if you're giving back to them, then why does it matter what they think or say? And this is why it's quite nice to have you on because we're both, we have, I think we probably, we seem to do prep slightly differently, but it's nice because you, it's right for you and what's right for me is very different and we roll with it. And we, you know, we still step on stage very lean. <laughs> exactly. Whatever we're both I don't know, don't care, but you know, you, it still gets the same result. It's because we're self-aware and we know what's right for us and then we roll with it. Exactly. That's and that's the only way that you ever will be happy if you stop comparing where you are to everyone else. I think that is a lot of the reason why I ended up in the, the negative place that I was, was because I was comparing what I was doing to everyone else. So I was, when I was quote unquote poorly, was when Amanda Bucci and all of that those fitness YouTubers in the US were stepping on stage so quite a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I'd see them doing cardio daily and twice a day and training to it twice a day and all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, I, I don't want to be me. I want to be them. And if they're doing that, I need to do that. Because if I'm not doing that, I'm lazy. Yeah. And then now I'm able to take a step back and be like, actually, I'm happy in myself and who I am. I don't feel the need to compare myself and what I'm doing to anyone else yeah. because I'm so aware now that that, that doesn't matter. That's not going to make me any happier doing something because cop copying what someone is doing is not going to get me to where they are. Yeah. I don't know if you find this. I'm saying this because I think your body shape is very, very similar. It's not similar to one, but we're, how about this? I don't, because like, you're quite tall as well, aren't you? No. You're not. Well, you no. look tall on your Instagram, girl. I know. Do you know what my boyfriend said that to me the other day? They're like, you look so tall in that picture. But I'm a little baby. No, oh. I'm like five foot three on a good day. Oh, really? Oh. Uh -huh. Well, like, what the point I was trying to get at was, I think your shape is very. I don't see your shape a lot in the industry, and that's a good thing. And I don't know about myself. Well, I'm talking about myself here. I'm five foot ten, eleven. So I remember when I first started, I was always looking at all these competitors and being like, oh, like, oh, well, I'm going to compare myself to them. And I put like, yeah, I'll get the layout app out, you know, you know, I was, and I <laughs> put myself next to them. I'm like, this girl's fucking five foot two. What the hell am I doing? Like, yeah, you'll you never have that same look. Yeah. I'm never going to be the girl that looks full as hell with these bulging muscles because I'm five foot ten. I'm like, mm. what is the point? 
And this is the thing I have with compacts sometimes. Some girls message me being like, I like the look of this girl. I'm like, how tall are you? And they say their height. I'm like, well, you're not the same height as them. Let's, let's start that. I'm like, your body shape is very, very different to them. So what are you looking at? Like, what, what do you want me to help you with here? Like, because the, the way they've chosen their posing shoes and their jewelry and their bikini is all related to them. So you can take inspiration from that. But what do you like? And then they'll come back to me and be like, actually, I don't like the earrings they're wearing. I'm like, there you go. Don't, like, this is, you've got to focus on yourself here. Like, what do you like? Like, what are you, like, take inspiration, but don't try and copy because, I, I know, like, I, I used to have, like, these Fitzbo thing now. I just don't do it because I don't, and, until a five foot ten bikini pro competitor comes across and I can see them, then I'll be like, right, that's someone that I can somewhat take inspiration from because they're similar to me. But until that moment comes, then I can't, yeah. That's it. Sorry, ran over. But that's, the, it's so, I do try with the compact account to try and, when they come to me saying this is inspo, I'll be like, okay, this is good, but we're not going to copy this person because they are not you and they haven't got, yeah, they haven't got what you've got. Mm. They might be a pro, but they haven't got what you've got. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of <laughs> longevity in the sport comes from realizing that, that you are more than your body. Because if you can only be confident in yourself when you are stage lean, you can't walk around like that forever and you're setting yourself up for failure yeah. in every other aspect because what happens in off season then when you're forced to gain weight and you can't be that stage lean person anymore how you've you got find- to have more to you mm. how do you find gaining weight now i'm really glad that we were like we're doing this podcast now okay because when we had when we spoke about this last time um, obviously i was deep in prep Mm-hmm. And my prep last year, and my off season last year, I never had an issue with my body mm-hmm. at all. Obviously, there were days I felt a little bit self-conscious, oh, and I felt yeah. a little bit, but who doesn't? Yeah. I, I one thing that I always want to stress is that you can have bad body image days without having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like I could have bad body image days. That makes me human. That doesn't make me disordered. Yeah. A bit like, you know, a depressed person can be sad without being depressed. Um, and so that's one thing. And But I didn't find it hard gaining weight at all. And I said, I always didn't prep last year because I was like, I'm so happy in like, my body now. I don't really want to change it. Um, whereas in re- this last month or so, I've really struggled with my body image. I'm not as lean as I was last year. Um, my calories are a lot higher my expenditure is a lot lower and I'm a lot stronger. My off season last year, my coach kept me very lean for a long time. I'm talking like two kg, so like four or five pounds. I work in pounds, but weird. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, why are you not doing kg? I'm like, because I, I don't know. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So I competed obviously in November. In February... I was still only, like I said, five pounds over stage weight. So in a way, it was easy for me because I was still very lean and I was still very small. Mm. Um, whereas recently, I found it a lot harder. And that, do you know what the main reason why I felt like that is because being in a gym as a personal trainer, and as a coach, I feel like people seeing me getting bigger 
it's been like, well, how the hell is she meant to help me if she's just getting fatter? Yeah. And I really struggled with that for the first time in a long time. But I wouldn't say that it is the same as my eating disorder at all. And again, the reason for that is my mindset. Mm -hmm. So I quite easily could cut my calories. I quite easily, because I'm on a lot, I eat a lot of calories a day. Um, it would be very easy for me to cut them and it would be very easy for me to do my cardio. So at the moment, I only hit 7K steps a day um, and I've got no cardio. So it'd be very easy for me to implement things and to change that and actually go, you know, I'm not going to eat, you know, 3000 calories a day because I'm not actually hungry. And if I was still disordered, I would be doing that because I'd be scared that if I put on weight and I got fat, I was unlovable, which was my whole issue to start with. Obviously when my ex cheated on me, I was like, it's because I'm fat. It's because I'm fat. Whereas now it's the pressure of my job that makes me nervous to put on weight not so much the fact that I would be unlovable again. Mm. So again, it's my mindset towards gaining weight and why I don't want to gain weight, which would make me think that no, it's not anything to worry about as such. The other thing that makes me realize it's not an eating disorder issue that I'm having, it's just a body confidence bit of a crisis, (laughs) um, is the fact that I haven't stopped doing things. I haven't stopped going out. I haven't stopped eating out. I haven't stopped seeing people. Before when I was in recovery, I didn't want to see anyone because I was like, I don't, I'm not ready for them to see me put on, having put on weight. Whereas now I'm just, you know, I own it. I'm like, if I feel like I'm a bit chubby or something, I'll even not just, I'll just won't say anything or, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up. And I can tell it's out of self-consciousness if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, but that's and that's fine like and I just speak about how I'm feeling if I'm feeling crap I'm t- I tell people I'm feeling crap whereas when I was disordered I was like oh my god this is something to be embarrassed about I can't tell anyone I'm having a bad day whereas now I'll be like look I'm having a bad day I'm having I feel like a potato blah 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 blah, blah. like and that's it um and for a long time I was wondering whether I would compete again this year or a few weeks just because I was like oh my god I don't want it to be like out of a place of body confidence crisis that I was wanting to compete whereas I've like spoken it through with my friends and my boyfriend and my family and been like actually no it's it's not that because I could quite easily diet down and maintain a couple of kilos lighter than I am now I was very confident in my body I'm about seven kilos up so about a stone up from stage weight I've been a lot a lot really no but then I don't dehydrate so my stage weight is quite accurate to my like peak week weight and going into that. So, you know, I don't, I have never dehydrated. So it's not like my stage weights, a lot of people's stage weight is like four or five pounds lighter than their last few weeks of prep. So it is a little bit different, but yeah, it's not a lot. Um, but again, I'm only a little human. I stepped on stage at 46 kilos. Sorry, my brain's going stone, pounds. <laughs> um... I'm gonna keep talking I'll I'll look on on the good old Google yeah um so for me putting on like 10 kilos looks a lot different from someone who's 70 kg when they step on stage and put on 10 kilos sort of thing um so yeah I have found it harder this time around sorry Uh, 46 yeah yeah 101 pounds sorry I'm back yeah (laughs) um because my um my well I'm still trying to figure out my peak weight whatever like the benchmark because I was 
well, I think you saw, I, I was like eating up into shows because I thought I have no idea where I'm meant to be sitting right now. And again, this is the hard thing. I was constantly comparing. What was the point? I'm five foot ten. I'm going to hold a lot more. So if you don't mind me asking now, like how much do you roughly weigh in off season like recently? Um, 56 this morning. Ah, hang on. Let me put that in pounds. So that's exactly 10 kilos up, which is 22 pounds up. So yeah, that's my, that's roughly my peak week. What your off season is. Yeah. Oh, couldn't even compare that. Yeah. Mental. And mm-hmm. I had, so I have, I don't know, some of my friends go, oh God, like you weigh that much. I'm like, yes, but I'm five foot 10, 11. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, it is hard. I think it is hard sometimes when you're looking at pros and stuff, but yeah, I guess it just goes back to check yourself and just yeah as you say take that step back and just realize that everyone is completely different but exactly and you can never compare that and that's how I feel you need to be honest with yourself and like I said for for a month or so I was like why okay why do I feel like this all of that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people when they come to me and say oh I've had an eating disorder should I compete one of the main things I say was are you worried about it coming back if you're worried about it coming back, then you're not strong enough and you're not far away enough mm-hmm. from who you were yeah. to compete. Yeah. I'm not worried about competing because I know it would never, it would never turn into a negative headspace like that. I would never try and maintain stage weight. Whereas a lot of people will use it as an excuse to get lean and then attempt to stay there. Mm-hmm. And that's when it can become quite a dark place because then post-show when inevitably you can't maintain that, you're going to start hating yourself straight off the bat. Yeah. Alternatively, you're going to run yourself into the ground maintaining that level of cardio and low food and therefore isolating yourself and all of that sort of stuff. So I always say to people when they come to me and say, like I said, should I compete? Be honest with yourself. If you're not far enough away enough, if you still struggle with those inner demons that are making you question whether you are whether you're healthy enough mentally then you're not I like I said to you before I'm I'm so far away from that person that I could never go back to treating my body how I did and the reasons for that and a lot of that is because I got happy with who I was as a person and in these last few weeks like I did a photo shoot in my underwear recently and I did a post about it because the photographer Ben, who 10 out of 10 would recommend to anyone, Ben Mark, um, he was like, right, should we photoshop you and see how you look? And I photoshopped, he photoshopped, I was like, yeah, okay. And he's like, but that's not you. And who you are in those two pictures are exactly the same. You don't change who you are as a person when you're bigger or smaller because you're, who you are inside and here remains the same. Yeah. And it's about learning to love that side of you as well but before you compete if you've, if you've struggled with an eating disorder before I think you know take it easy and do a cut if if you're in that position where you can cut yeah trial on it you don't need to have this end goal of the stage book a photo shoot I another thing is um, a lot of people I say is you're probably gonna have way more fun at the photo shoot than you would in a, like in a competition yeah. if, you're, you, if you need that excuse to cut down book a photo shoot you're gonna have awesome pictures you're gonna feel like a badass and you can still be lean and have that end goal and accountability like you know a lot of people they step off stage and and they don't get the placing they want and so they're sort of 
feel very low and actually what have you done you've dieted for six months for to feel like crap and not and have your self-worth self-worth tested like really really queen you need to want (laughs) to do it for the reasons of competing and not because it's just another excuse to get lean yeah i like when you mentioned about like the eat you know if you're doubting yourself that it's going to go back to a bad place of eating disorders i think that goes with mental health as well any problem any sort of physical mental health problem i think if it comes up in your head going is this going to affect me i don't know i would question i would as you say like just kind of really take just don't rush anything you really don't need to the stage will always be there that is a quote that's done so many times oh, when it first steps into competing i was like can everyone stop saying that but it's actually very true so i take it all back <laughs> so true. it will always be there like there is always and even like you know regardless of what federation you do there's a like there's a competition every month you know there's not there's no need yeah. exactly you are September is lethal. If you want, like, said, oh my god! I, when I did that last year for the first time, I thought, Christ! I didn't realize how many shows that actually are in a year, and that's just UK. Mm-hmm. I was like, especially well, now with the IFBB, people are looking at Alicante and going into like the US and all of that sort of stuff. Like, there's so many different things. Crazy. It's cool though. But I do think, like, the, one of the reasons why, obviously, I love your podcast is because you need to realize that you're more than just a bikini girl. Like yeah. you can't let this be your sole identity because then what happens when you're not in the stage in a sparkly bikini with a tan? Yeah. Like you've got to get comfortable with who you are. And I think that was one of the main reasons why I never, why I never relapsed in my recovery because I was so proactive of realizing why I got to where I was. Okay. I felt out of control and I wasn't happy with who I was, but I need to fix that. I don't need to fix my body. That will come in time. I need to fix what's going on up in here in my head yeah. beforehand. Being um, aware is like the most that's like the most powerful skill asset that you can have mm. even in prep or obviously whatever away from stage like just self-awareness of who you are and what's going on like you so many examples during this episode you've been able to pull things apart very objectively and been like right like you've got like this full of random stuff yeah like and you're just you're picking it apart and you're organizing it and going like right this is this is what's in my head. This is what's actually like you lay it out and then you're able to make decisions. I think that's mm. so, it's so vital that every single competitor has that, especially when you're putting yourself in situations that can test you in so many different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness always like you've, you've illustrated that so many times during this podcast. And I do hope people take that away. Sometimes you need to take a step back, reevaluate, look at everything, you know, she's shown and then move your life objectively. Yeah. You need to think, you know, okay, so if someone came to me with these issues and saying this and this and this, what would I do? Would I think, yes, you are in a fit state to compete? Would you go, really? You know, is this really the best thing for you? Would it be better if you did this X, Y, and Z? I think like reach out for help. Like you're not meant to be a lone wolf. Like you're not meant to have every decision or come to every decision on your own it's okay to ask for help it's okay to get a second opinion it's okay to have a coach like you know coaches have coaches for a reason yeah like I have a coach and I'm a coach and that doesn't make me any less of a coach but I pour all of everything that I've got into you know the clients that I have and I let someone else worry about me and like what I'm doing yeah you know it's so important to realize that actually you're stronger as a as a team yeah. and that's okay you don't need to prove yourself 
as like being able to do everything on your own. Yeah. It's just not necessary. So what makes you not just bikini girl then? What makes me not just bikini girl? Oh, oh, I don't realise what I said last time. <laughs> um, I am so much more than a bikini girl because I have an identity away from that. And what's that? That is someone who empathises with others, who is able to help people away from the gym as well. Like I think my massive part of like why I'm different as a coach and a trainer to most people is that I look at like their lifestyle as a whole. Mm. I mean, a lot of personal trainers particularly, you'll turn up to a session and they'll say, right, did you sit to your diet this week? Did you come into the gym four times like we spoke to? They say no and we go, okay, sat the rest. Whereas I will go, okay, so why didn't you? What's going on in your life to do that? And I think what makes me not just a bikini girl is, yeah, like I said, my ability to empathize with other people and understand and work through problems in a way that doesn't, is nothing to do with exercise or the gym or anything like that. Um, I care about people on a deeper level to realize that there's more to life than just turning up to the gym and doing a session. Um, You've got to be happy and you've got to be, comfortable with who you are as a person regardless of what body weight you are or what you do or what you look like and it's taken me a while to get there like don't get me wrong it's, it's no quick fix but I am happy with who I am as a person mm. um, and what I give to the world in that respect and not just what I look like on stage I think that's a perfect way to end this podcast I love that I love you. You're amazing. Right. Thank you. Where can people find you? So I am on Instagram at Hayley Irwin Fit. Um, I have had a bit of a break from YouTube, but I do have a YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, all of the information on my online coaching and stuff is all on my Instagram or email me at HayleyIrwinCoaching at Outlook.com. Amazing. I love this podcast and it's actually going to go up ASAP Rocky, so I don't lose Yay. it. <laughs> but I hope you all have found this really, really interesting and taken something away from it. If you, again, as always, if there's anything you want me to kind of look at, um, then just holler. You know where to find me. Right. This has been your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. This has been Hayley Erin. And this is been. You're welcome. And this has been the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. See you guys in the next one.